went to Mount Aloysius College. Many of you know of Mount Aloysius College. That's where I went, and I stayed on campus. Mount Aloysius is a, a Catholic, small, private school, and so there were, like, some rules about interactions, what things you could do there, um, especially in the dorms. Um, and so, like I said, I stayed on campus, and one of the rules was that boys and girls, there was, like, a door in the middle, boys on one side, girls on the other. Um, and so the RAs would come, there was a curfew, come and, like, patrol the halls and make sure there were no boys in the wrong places. Um, they also had very strict rules on alcohol, like, even if you were of age, you could not drink. And so I, uh, like a lot of young people, just found ways around the rules that I thought were stupid. So that's what I did. Wouldn't do that today. That's what I did in college. Um, and so we, something's going on over there. It's really exciting. I hope it's exciting. So that's what, that's where we're coming from. And I, I had always been, still am, someone who loves people who, like, you don't have to wonder what they're thinking. Like, don't pull any punches. I never have to try to figure you out. I always know, like Steph, I always know what's going on in Steph's brain. Even if she doesn't want me to, I love people like that. And so I had this friend in college. I'm going to call her Kara. That's not her name, but I hope that someday she'll be here. So I don't want you to think poorly of her. So my friend Kara was this girl who didn't pull any punches. She was lovely, but she always said exactly what she thought. And sometimes that didn't feel good, but I loved her. Okay. So we were like a twosome. And she is somebody who just did whatever she thought would be fun at the time. Okay, so you can imagine what that looked like. No, you're not allowed to have boys, you're not allowed to have alcohol. So she just did whatever she wanted. Um, and so Kara and I were kind of inseparable, and we went all these different places together where we could break the rules. And um, I have always been someone who I care what people in authority especially think of me. Like I've always been kind of a good girl, with some exception, of course, but I've always kind of been a rule follower. So here's Kara, who like does whatever comes her way, whatever substance or thing comes her way. And me, who was like, there was always this thing inside of me that like made me hang back, that made me watch more than I partook. And I was always the one who like, she knew that I was gonna get her home and that I would make pretty good decisions. And so that's kind of how we did our college life. And so I had accepted Jesus when I was 15 and I was um, baptized whenever I was a senior in high school, but I didn't really know what it meant to let Jesus be Lord of my life. Like, I didn't have language for that. I hadn't experienced any healing. So here we are, like, gallivanting. And I wouldn't have said it at the time, but I knew that it was the Holy Spirit. Now I know that it's the Holy Spirit inside of me that I had accepted Jesus and said, yes, I want you. And so there was that inside of me saying, there's a boundary here. Let's not cross this. Let's not go too far. Let's stay safe. And so we serve a God of boundaries. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. We've been going through this series that I really feel like God has put on our hearts about margin. And so Derek talked about margin, and then last week he talked about Sabbath. Today I'm talking about boundaries. And God is a God of boundary. If we even think about back to creation, that's pretty much what he was doing. He came into the chaos and he set boundaries. The first thing he did was separate the day from the night. There was a limit. This time is day. This time is night. And then he separated the water from the land. And so he just goes through creation and separates, makes these, makes these boundary lines. He separated the creatures of the sea from the creatures of the 
um, land. And then another separation for the animals, and then man is even another separation. So we serve a God who uh, works within boundary. And then on the seventh day, he separated times of work from times of rest. And so like I said, Derek last last, uh, week was talking about Sabbath and Sabbath rest. And I was just astounded at how many people really like took that to heart and kind of did something with that. So how many of you would you say like thought about that or tried to put that in your life a little bit this week? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited that you guys did that. How did that make you feel? Just shout it out. Yeah? Good. Anybody else? Sabbath always makes me feel free. Like, really? Like, I'm allowed to rest? Like, how freeing is that? And the thought that I am actually not in charge of everything that happens in the world. You know, I think I go through my life thinking I need to fix things and I need to carry things. But whenever I rest and take a Sabbath, it reminds me that God is in charge and I'm free to just be little me. Like the weight of the world does not rest on my shoulders. And so that's what boundaries do. They create, they protect us from things that are bad and they give us freedom for things that are good to come in. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man, that is Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And so I think in 21st century America, the thought of this, of boundaries and limits, is kind of weird to us. I think often we think freedom we think of America as home of the free. Freedom means I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, whoever I want, with as long as I want. You know, we can just do whatever. But freedom really means, the biblical standard of freedom means that we do what God wants because he knows what's good for us. And so we have the end of the story. Adam didn't at this point. God said, you can eat, you're free. Eat any tree you want, but this one's not good for you. And we know what happens. God knows what's best for us, and that's why he creates boundaries, because that's how we do life best. And really, the people that we admire, if you think about it, the people who are most comfortable with their money, the people who um, really do life well, do so because they've learned to navigate boundaries. If you think about, obviously, we shouldn't idolize wealth, but if you think about the people who have the most money, it's because they've set limits around their money because they've said, my money can go here, but not here. I will spend it here and not here, and this way and not this way. They've set boundaries around their money. And so have you heard of Dave Ramsey? Most people have probably heard of Dave Ramsey. If you haven't, he's a Christian financial guru who pretty much tells you this is the plan, and this is how you live life well according to money. And Dave Ramsey said, if you will live like no one else, later you can live like no one else, which means if you set very strict boundaries now, for your money and how you spend it later, you'll be able to live like other people can't because you'll have an abundance of that. And so even the people who live with the most peace with the Lord, sometimes we meet people and we think, man, you just exude peace. It does not matter what happens to you. You are a peaceful person. They are that way because they've set boundaries in their lives and they've decided that they're gonna spend this much time with the Lord and get whatever he has for them. And so the thing about setting boundaries, especially around your time and in that manner, is that 
that means you have to say no to something. And I think probably for the people who tried a Sabbath, there were some things that you could have done that maybe even you wanted to do that you had to say no to. And FOMO is real. Like, it's a real thing. If you don't know what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out. I feel like we live in that space where we're always afraid that something awesome is going to happen and we're not going to be there. We're not going to be in the picture that's on Instagram that everyone was doing the cool thing. And so we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes we say no to things, even things that we want to do. And this idea of delayed gratification is certainly not um, an American principle. We don't live by that. But that's how we do life well, is by not necessarily doing the thing that we want to do now in order to be able to do something better later. And so the verse that we're going to um, kind of focus on <coughs> is Psalm 16, verses 5 through 8. And it says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So boundary, talking about boundary here. David is talking about how to live life best. And that's within boundary. And as I said before, we set boundaries for our future payoff. This, this scripture even points to that. It says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. An inheritance is something that we wait for. An inheritance is not like a gift that you get now. An inheritance is something that you're going to get in the future. And so as you think about boundaries in your life, there's a future payoff for those things, because sometimes they're difficult to set and they're not fun, but there's a future payoff that's worth it. So as we think about boundaries and setting boundaries, there are really two main arenas or ways, places that we set boundaries. The first one is with our own behavior. So what am I going to do? How am I going to behave? And the second one is the behavior that we will accept from other people, like how people will interact with us. And so setting boundaries for ourselves, the first one is really saying, these are the ways that I'm going to love myself. That's really what you're saying. And I think it sounds weird to us as Christians to love yourself, that we should love ourselves, because we're taught to love others more than yourselves, make sure you're serving others, don't be selfish, and that's true. But really, unless you're able to love yourself, you're not really able very well to give love to other people. Think about the people who were mean in high school. Maybe high school was not that long ago for some of you. For me, it was quite a while ago. So think about, like, the mean people. I won't even say mean girls. There are boys, too. Think about the mean people in high school. And why did they act that way? Most of them act that way because they didn't like themselves. They didn't love themselves, and so they project that on other people. So if you don't love yourself, you're really not able to love other people well. Think about God. Jesus says that the, the highest commandments are first, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself, which is kind of intrinsic in that 
in that verbiage that you would love yourself so that you can love other people. And I think the truth is, is that we do love. If we don't love ourselves, we really can't love other people. That kind of goes hand in hand. And so I just want to tell you another story. Last summer at the end of July, I was tired. I had gotten to this place where I, uh, pretty much what happens in the summer is I'm a stay-at-home mom because my kids are home. Um, and, like, it's the hardest job ever. Like, people really say that, but, like, for real, it's the hardest job ever. And I know that I was not created to do that for a long time. And I am okay with saying that now. It doesn't make me less of a woman. Um, and so that's where I am, though. And so I have really no time for myself is what that means. It means that someone always needs something. And so that's the place where I'm at. I'm also a pastor. So I'm meeting with people and pastoring people, trying to make things go. And so I got to a place where I just didn't want to be around people. And that was a little bit scary to me. Because I, if you know me, I love people. Like, I love loving on my kids. I love loving on my husband. I love loving on all of you. Like, that's what makes me who I am. So, But I got to this place where I just didn't want any more people. And that was a really scary place for me. So after some prayer and kind of asking my friends, figuring it out, I decided that I would go to counseling. I really felt like God was calling me to that. And so in counseling, I learned, I worked through some childhood trauma, some things that I really needed to work with. But the thing that I got most from counseling was boundaries. I learned that what I had been doing pretty much all my life was just giving away, giving away and saying, oh, I don't need anything. No, I'm good. I'll just give to you. Just give, 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 give. And I had gotten to the end of myself. I was exhausted and I couldn't love people well. I didn't even want to be around people. And so we need to be sure that we are taking good care of ourselves so that we can take care of other other people. All the people that I thought I was helping in that time I really wasn't because I didn't have anything to give. We think that we can just give, give, give away, but if we're not really loving ourselves and we don't have that love within us, <coughs> then we can't give it. And the help that we think we're giving is not really help at all. So we need to set limits for ourselves and our own behavior, the things that we do. And a good way to think of it is to kind of think to yourself, does this thing that I'm doing push me closer to Jesus or pull me away? And I think we would say, most people would say, there's a lot of gray area to that. And I would question and say, I think there's actually less than you would think. And if you would sit down and take every activity that you do or everything that you think to the Lord and say, it's pushing me closer to you or further away, he would tell you. Because he doesn't want anything between you and him. So I think it's a lot more black and white than we typically think. And there are a million a million areas in our lives that kind of beg for boundary. How we spend our money, how much sleep we get, how much time we spend with other people, what kinds of media we consume. I think that's a really big one. I used to be someone who said that the music that I listened to didn't change me, but it does. Like I'm older and wiser and it really does. Um, What kind of apps are on our phones, what thoughts we allow our brains to be filled with. And so, did you know that you really do have control over your thoughts? With the Holy Spirit, you can arrest your thoughts. It takes some practice and some time, 
But we don't have to be dragged down this road of lies and feelings that are not real. We really don't. Whatever the thoughts that kind of get in the way come into your brain, you can say, my word is Jesus. I'll just say Jesus. And I start to think on him, and it changes my mind. Now, I might have to say Jesus a hundred times in an hour because Satan loves to, to tempt you, and he'll bring those things back. But I can stop it, at least for a second, as I practice that, as I bring it back to my brain, as I keep saying those things, it gets a little bit easier. Justin's shaking his head. He, he agrees. And so we don't have to just let our lives run rampant with whatever comes our way. We need to set boundaries so that we can live a good life. The second kind of boundaries that we should set is around our relationships and the way that people treat us. And so what you're saying in these kind of boundaries is, this is the way that you can love me well. The first way is, these are the ways I'm going to love myself. In our relationships, we say, these are the ways that you can love me. And so if there's someone in our life who says that they love us, they should love us for our no's as much as our yeses. If someone really cares about you and wants what's best for you, and you say, no, this is not what's best for me. They should love you for your no's as well as your yeses. So as Christians, we're responsible to other people. We're not responsible for most people. Now my kids, they're six and eight, they're little. I'm responsible for them. If they break something, I have to pay for it. If I haven't taught them something that they need to know, then I need to do that. In some ways, I'm responsible for them. But even at, at, at little six and eight, I teach them that I can't make you happy. Pray, and Jesus can make you happy. Can't make you happy. But for most people, we're not responsible for them. Our moms, our dads, our cousins, our friends, our coworkers, we're not responsible for them. Even our spouses. Like, I'm not responsible for Derek. I am responsible to him. I'm responsible to show up in a way that honors him and glorifies him and helps him. But, I mean, if he breaks something, if he takes a bat and breaks someone's car window, it's going to come out of our joint account. Like, I'm going to have to pay for that. But I'm not responsible for his happiness. And I think in a lot of relationships, we just take on that responsibility and say, yes, I'm responsible for you and everyone else around, around me. And I think that's why community and time with Jesus is so important in those relationships, especially family relationships, where you've learned, like, this is how we do life in this family. I'm responsible for everyone else and their happiness and they're not getting angry and they're not blowing up, all of that. I'm responsible for that. Um, it takes other people and the Lord to say, nope, that's not your responsibility. We need to learn here where I end and the other person begins. I think a lot of times we go the whole way and say, yep, I'm responsible to make sure that nothing bad happens in this family meal. I'm responsible to make sure that my friend's rent is paid. All of these things, not that we couldn't gift somebody something. This is something different. So we're responsible to people, not for them. And so because it's so hard to set boundaries in relationships, I came up, researched some rules to help you decide if you think that you need boundaries in this area. The first one is, is your yes out of obligation or compulsion? 
So if someone asks you to do something and you automatically say yes, or you feel like you have to say yes, that might be an issue. Number two, do you agree to things out of fear that the other person will become angry? It's another place where we can put a boundary. Number three, do you resent a person or situation or become bitter when your answer is yes? This is a big one for me. This is who I used to be, who I'm training myself not to be. I was a yes person. And if you asked me to do something, I would do it. Even if I thought that I could help you in some way, I would offer to do it. It wasn't even that people always asked me. And then I was tired, and I would get bitter because I said yes. That's not a good way to live, and that doesn't do me or the other person any good. So if you find yourself saying yes to things and then being mad or bitter that you said yes and kind of resenting the other person or the situation, there might be a place where you could set a boundary. Number four, does your yes help someone dodge their responsibilities or enable them to do something wrong or illegal? If so, that's certainly a place where you could set a boundary. So if you answered yes to any of these questions, which I think most of us have, do have done these in the past or are in the habit of doing these often, we need to set some boundaries in our life so that other people can love us well. So I'm not going to pretend that whenever you come to someone who you're in a relationship with and say, this thing that I've been doing for years, it's actually not healthy for me and I'm not going to do it anymore, that people are going to say, oh, no problem. It's probably not what's going to happen. It's hard to set boundaries. And I think if that's the case, you need to ask someone to pray for you such that you would keep it. But in reality, people should love you for your no's as much as your yeses. Like, I just think that's really powerful. That if they love you, they want what's best for you. And so I think that God has called us here at the Vineyard to be a people who do life well. A people who would be able to model how relationships should work healthy relationships and healthy boundaries and healthy margins. I really feel like he's called us to live a life that's very intentional and that can model to other people, this is how to live a good life. Now, I do not have this figured out. I'm not even going to pretend that I do. So let me just make that disclaimer. This is like a follow me as I follow the Lord situation. Okay? This is, like I said, I just really learned about boundaries a year ago and have been trying to set them. God has called us to be people who are marked by healthy relationships, healthy boundaries, such that we can go into the city and pour out, such that we can invite people into a life that's really good, not enmeshed and yucky, right? Why would we invite anyone into that? So the way forward here is intentionality. Like, boundaries do not happen just by accident. And no one's going to come to you and say, hey, could you set this boundary in our relationship? That thing that you're doing for me, it's bad for you. You shouldn't do it anymore. Like, that's not going to happen. Boundaries happen by you being intentional and sitting down with God and saying, where are the places where I'm not healthy? In my own behavior and in the behaviors that I allow from other people. So there's this book that's called, it has a long name, Boundaries, When to Say Yes and How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. It's by Henry Cloud and John Townsend, which is like the golden standard of boundaries for Christians. If you haven't heard of it, lots of people talk about it. Um, but there's this really great quote there. It says, boundaries define us, 
They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up many different options. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your own choices. You are the one who makes them, and you are the one who must live with the consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. We must own our thoughts and clarify distorted thinking. So if you're not living the best life that you can live, if you don't feel like you're really um, crushing it in the way of your life, if you don't feel like you're a happy person most of the time, if you don't feel like you're content in your life, I think some boundaries could help. Often, just a little line between what I will do and what I won't do really helps, goes a long way in you living a contented life. So maybe you need to do a time audit. Maybe you need to sit down for 24 hours or a few days and just write down what you spend your time on. And really often, what you write down will not line up with what you believe your values to be because we live reactionary lives. And so it requires you to really take some space and think about what you want your life to be and how to get there. And so maybe you need to set some personal boundaries in that way around your own behavior. Maybe you need to have some hard conversations with people. Maybe you need to have some people, your small group, your community gather around you and say, I'm not really sure what's wrong with this relationship, but something. Can you help me? Can you point that out? Lord, would you show me what boundaries I need to have in my relationships? So in order to have good boundaries, we need to be intentional and we need to slow down. Just like Derek was talking about last week. These things all kind of go hand in hand. As we rest, as we take Sabbath, as we kind of take stock of our place in the world, it's a lot easier to figure out these things when we slow down instead of just speeding through life, trying to get to the next thing, trying to make sure that we don't miss out. So boundaries. We really can only do life as well as we learn to navigate these things. I'm sure we all know people who don't have any boundaries in their lives, and they're probably not doing so hot. So I would invite you to kind of take stock of the places that you feel like you need boundaries and invite the Lord into that and invite your community, your small group, the people around you into that. And if you don't have a small group, you should have a small group. <laughs> we have some here. You should have people who can pour into your lives because often, like I said, these things are too close. We need other people to kind of speak into that. <laughs> 